Learn how to get your first 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Join our Patreon page now. Link in the description. And we are live! Hey, hi everyone! Welcome again for another episode of the Pocket Podcast. I'm Caroline Bernier-Dion, Caroline Bernier-Dion, Caro BD. And I'm the host of this podcast. The purpose of it, just to remember, it's to promote great artists to work, promoting the puppetry art, and build the network. We are kind of in a funny moment right now, so it's the best time to just connect and put this intention towards the future that art was still alive. I really believe it. And I pushed all my purpose towards this. So everyone, thank you for being watching this show, being here and just like thumbs up if you agree with this intention. And if you have the chance to just write in the comment from where you are watching the Puppet Podcast, I'm also really happy to see that and just like look at the international perspective that we have on this show. So yeah, things going well for the podcast. We almost hit the thousand on YouTube. <laughs> we grow on every platform. So we are really happy and we get this wonderful workshop last weekend. It was amazing. So you will saw some stuff going about it uh, online. We, we shoot some challenge, some uh, assignment for the student who attend to the workshop, so it was really cool. So stay tuned because we have a, a another one about building in August, so you will see that and look the Patreon. We have quite a good tips to help puppeteer in their promotion and this online uh, time. It's online promotion. So yeah, so I'm stopped, I stopped talking and I will uh, bring my guests. So we're going tonight in North Carolina. I'm so happy because I'm Caroline <laughs> and I, I always get this, what is North Carolina? What is South Carolina? I, I, I'm kind of really happy to connect with that environment because we go in the mountain of North Carolina with Mr. Donovan Zimmerman. So let's just bring him in the screen is the, the artistic director of Paper Hand Intent Intervention. Please welcome Mr. Donovan. Hello. <laughs> it's like a show, eh? You're just like, to do show time. You're awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for, for being there in your, your little uh, forest right now. Yes, I'm here in my little forest. It's actually <laughs> maybe large, but. Uh, uh, a large yes, forest. Yeah, with a river near, very nearby that I can hear, um, called the Tow River, and it's a beautiful sort of clear, delightful river with lots of rocks and swimming holes, and so I'm just on a little sort of a vacation, I guess you could say. I'm not working, so it's, I'm, I don't know what I'm vacationing from. I'm just taking in a different environment for the moment. Yeah, it, it's kind of a good place to be, connect to nature. It's good for the creativity. That's right. I do get a lot of inspiration from uh, walking in the forest and plants and waterfalls and all the things that you can find up here. Um, it's, a, it's a place where I recharge my 
you know, my artistic creative batteries. Yeah. Um, hopefully go back, go back and get something done uh, <laughs> after this. <laughs> yeah, we are, we were discussing it a little bit before the interview about like how this time, the hope and giant puppet, because you are in, to the giant puppet world. Like, could you introduce a bit of your path and your work? I know we will bring some picture and video at the end, but could you just tell us uh, where you're from? And... Yeah, so I, I am based out of uh, central North Carolina, a little town called Saxapaha. And it is um, a place where I, uh, for the past 20 years, have been creating giant puppet pageants and shows of all kinds, uh, a lot of masks and shadows as well. Um, and we, we make an annual um, giant puppet production that is crowdsourced and funded by the people around the, the community that is somewhat national and international, but is mostly around the, that central North Carolina region. And we, yeah, we just basically pour our everything into creating giant puppet spectacles for um, all ages, you know, for people to be inspired and to rekindle connection between ourselves and the natural world. That's basically our, the main thrust of our work. We really try to um, foster that connection, but not only to to the, to the earth and to its creatures, but to our own stories as human beings and how we fit into the larger context. And mm -hmm. we really try to, um, we try to exercise people's empathy muscles so that because we feel like the business of everyday life uh, can tend to weaken these times. And so when people's empathy gets weaker, it's hard for them to, um, really be engaged in the work that we all need to be doing to make to the bettering of the world. You know, that's where my, that's wow. where my heart is for my our So I, we call our work oftentimes artivism because it comes with a pretty strong message often, oftentimes. Um, but it, you know, we try not to beat anyone over the head with it. We try to, you know, let the message come in organically. Um, but it, it's, um, yeah, we're in this unique time now, as you were saying, where we've stopped all our work. Uh, but um, we've got 20 years of different shows and interventions and parades and festivals, events. We just, um, we, we stay pretty busy. Um, right now, in the middle of July is when we would be closing in on Hell Week or Gel Week. show that I'm sitting in the mountains of North Carolina enjoying waterfalls and playing with my puppy and my eight-year-old yeah yeah <laughs> that, that's good you take time for for yourself I was curious because it, like the name of your company is theater and also intervention so you have kind of like I want to understand the the difference or the fact that they have like the performance side or the street show or could you explain that to me yeah so we got our start myself and jan berger who's my he's been my partner in this since the beginning 
and um, it's the Dutch pronunciation of John. He's Jan, um, and he um, he and I have been friends for 25 years, and um, we started doing puppetry together um, after being just artists and activists of our own on our own paths, and then we um, we came together around. Uh, an environmental education festival called the Hall River Learning Celebration. And this was very specifically targeted towards school kids in the fourth grade in the U.S. Um, to help them, again, you know, foster connection with the natural world. It, it's not an, as much of an othering and it's more of a uh, integrated system of connection. And so we, we did that and then we just... Um, we wanted to continue and make the shows bigger and more inclusive and um, reach wider audiences. So we kept going. And, uh, and the reason we titled it an intervention, um, it's called Paperham Puppet Intervention. And we both agreed early on that the status quo in the US um, and around the world largely, but in the US especially is, um, just unacceptable in many ways um, that it basically um, the status quo is white supremacy. For example, the status quo is violence against many people, especially people's money. Um, there's a lot of, um, you know, problems with the business of everyday life, as people say. Um, yeah. So just the business of everyday life was causing a lot of harm eating up the environment like there was no tomorrow, the resources were endless, but to, um, so we wanted our art to be, you could say it like this, like a, a giant paper mache hand, you know, reaching down out of a cardboard cloud and tapping someone on the head and saying, wake up, it's yeah. time to wake up. And um, so it's, it is an intervention in, in that way. The business of everyday life is interrupted by this art experience that has giant puppets where you you just have to deal with <laughs> with our art as it comes into your field you know because we very much like to um bring the puppets into the audience we do we try um to break the fourth wall often with our uh experience it's um it's not just you're in the audience inactive but you're you're very much a part of the show um, when you come, and so we um, we really nurture that and try to foster that. Um, and and oddly enough, over the years, it's become quite a tradition, and quite you know among many families, thousands and thousands of families, um, to come every year and experience our our big um, summer show. That it usually runs for eight weeks, um, and. He sees about 20, 25,000 people. Um, wow. And, um, you know, for whatever that's worth, you know, but, I mean, you know, it reaches people in different ways and, and they go home and they talk about it and it, it starts conversations. And um, we've always been about trying to shift the paradigm um, from one that was basically kind of awful to somewhat awesome or amazing. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to be a part of the bettering and not just do art for art's sake and just make sort of um, spectacle art for just because it's pretty, you know, 
yeah we, we, try, we like to make things beautiful as well and um but we um that's not the that's not the end of the story for us we like mm. to we like yeah. to go into people's hearts and see what we can and minds and see what kind of magic we can spark there totally you you are on a mission <laughs> yeah. yeah and i take this very seriously you know i mean it's um it's it's not something that's just like uh, i go to my job and, and uh -huh. i sort of switch it off it's my life and it's my it's my passion and it's very much um the passion is just as much about as much of being our community but um but also you know reminding us all that you know without without the ground we walk on and whatever that we that is so rare on this planet mm. and without the air that we share um nothing much else to talk about you know yeah. and those things all seem have seemed uh endangered to us for at least the past 20 years i mean of course it's all risen to the surface of the conversation a lot more in the past uh five or ten years but um it's always been a part of our absolute um determined mission to shift the paradigm mm, i totally get it it's kind of really a lot of art and dedication in in the message and that's really awesome a lot of sweat too. Yeah. <laughs> sweat yeah. and tears and effort on, on lifting those big puppets oh the puppets are heavy too yeah <laughs> <laughs> we've learned how to make them lighter um we have learned how to make things quite large and and keep uh, keep it fairly light though it, it still does take you know a lot of strength and things to keep them up but we do our shows in july or i mean in august and september in the south of the u.s which is um a lot of humidity and 100 100 degree heat um so there's a lot of sweating <laughs> and uh, sometimes tears but a lot of laughter and joy uh, we've got a great crew we we bring together artists and um school teachers and environmental activists and uh, a whole wide variety of people to work on the shows with us we often have because they're giant take multiple people um like one puppet could take 10 people sometimes mm -hmm. um we we have often a fairly large cat uh, so 25 is kind oh. of like an average number and then we usually have we always have a live band who plays the music um and does all the foley and sound effects um and wow. yeah that's so great i that's yeah we will see some image people be patient we will see some image at the, at the end but uh, yeah it's so amazing so we have just to let you know we have eric bornstein who say that you do amazing work and deborah also said that you are a great artist oh deborah deborah emerald uh, deborah Ernst. oh okay i hope i pronounce eric bornstein it. i know him he's an incredible mask maker yeah <laughs> He's yeah incredible mask maker have you talked to him yeah I, I i interview him at the beginning of the adventure and i also been in boston for uh i get a grant to go and have a, a month over there and met the boston community so it uh -huh. was really a, a blast over there 
yeah this work is very uh very awesome inspiring yeah yes so much so hi eric <laughs> so let's go for the the question of the podcast is always the same question but you have so much content around it so the first one is why the art of puppetry is an art that you cherish hmm. um, for me um it's just because puppetry has a sneaky little way of making its way into people's um inner um somewhat protected places you know because they are not expecting it it's so often a surprise that people um uh, just they they come to the show thinking oh puppet show okay this is going to be i don't some people don't even come they have to like be convinced that <laughs> they're going to a puppet show because they're like oh that's for kids or this and that <laughs> and so you know, education is that we don't we don't do the puppet shader you know we we want to we make it for for everyone and um so the the thing about it is that uh, that I'm drawn to puppetry for is that there's a magical sort of existence that is um, present just beneath the surface of our ordinary everyday lives that I that I as an artist have felt like I've really worked at trying to stay connected to and tapped into and it just allows people I found over and over again just through experimentation with audiences to just tap into magical realms so quickly and easy, eas easily. They just give themselves over um, in this way that is just very profound. Um, explain it really, it's giving you examples where um, we would bring a giant beast of the wild that had died and been killed by like a giant hero but it was resurrected by this sort of goddess. And as this beast rose and, and came into the audience, like every hand in the audience that was nearby shot up to when I would bend the, the beast down and, you know, near them, they just wanted to touch and they just wanted to connect with that living breathing in their minds, like, um, um, illustration of the wild or nature and mm. uh, there were some little girls who were from india who came walking down the steps in this very prayerful um way as they as they came up to us and it was it and it, i've seen it be and i'm not trying to exaggerate i've seen it look like a, a sort of faith healing uh -huh. where people leading their grandmother over to touch the puppet or um, as we bring it up through the audience, we we lean it down, and when when I see that type of uh, this sort of amazing opening, of, or or like people are just they're so present moment in those times where they're yeah. not thinking about their mail, they're not thinking about their um, you know who they need to get in touch with or whatever. They're just completely present. And that to me is a very strong form of activism to bring people to the moment. And so mm. puppetry, I feel, is the, is the way that does that so beautifully over and over again. And when you combine it with the music that is sort of creating the emotion and you have the mask and you have the giant puppet or the shadow puppet, um, people are so willing 
to suspend disbelief with puppetry, I find even more so than I feel than just straight acting. Um, mm-hmm. um, because it's one level of separation. Uh, and again, it tricks the brain. It tricks it. It's like, oh, it's becoming alive. And without even registering it, it's alive mm-hmm. in their mind in a place that it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it creates a it creates a new space inside the brain where living and non-living are made to interact and and um because you know consciously that it's just paper mache and cloth and wood or whatever we have bamboo um but then when your brain is tricked the the again the the continual um delight that comes from the surprise of like oh my god i feel i'm feeling something um and um and feeling something quite profound that's actually that's that's moving them in some deep way um Mm. i want and again this is just reflections from people telling me that this happens to them wow Um, and, and then me seeing that yeah when we're doing it live and i'm bringing the puppet down and um you can see the look on their faces of complete um so i got kind of addicted to that as a as a puppeteer you know like i just i love i love taking people to those magical places you know um and <clears throat> it's something that coming back because it really it feeds my my battery my my spiritual battery and um yeah. and i think it's a very honest reflection of our humanity so i think that's why puppetry is so powerful is that you can you can see different aspects of your own emotional landscape within a puppet and how it how it moves how it interacts Um, Mm -hmm. and again that very act of seeing that is the exercising of the empathy muscle um that is sort of an awakening for some people. They're like, damn, I didn't realize that it went that, that that muscle was so weak because it just sort of, it shocks them. They're like, Whoa, Oh my God, this is happening. <laughs> and, and I love that. I mean, that's the intervention bit again. It's just sort of like ding. Yeah. Gotcha. I like your expression of empathy, empathy muscle. Like I think it's a good wording of, of the job of an artist to bring this sensibility sponge, like let's let's get some water fill in. <laughs> That's so yeah. great. There's so many things that we participate in, in our lives that are that can, that are designed in in consciously or unconsciously to be numbing. Um, numbing behaviors you know like Mm -hmm. excessive drinking or watching playing video games whatever you could whatever you do to numb yourself you know and and i'm not saying that i don't do my own things but what i'm those those sleeping behaviors are again why the intervention because to reach in and bring something that's like visceral and live and raw um Mm. that you have to feel and you have to engage um Mm. I think engagement is key to us surviving here. We have to engage with this process. We can't just sleepwalk through it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and there's a, there's so many things that that make it easy for us to to sleepwalk through it. You know, so many shopping experiences, and you know, so many lovely distances to keep us from um, having to engage on a on a more core level of like what's actually happening. And yeah. so, um, yeah, this is very much my work to reach into those spaces and and sort of provide an opportunity for uh, um, expansion or awakening. Or, yes. That's every job, really, if you're taking it seriously. Um, it Maybe, maybe. It might be a <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. It's kind of a, a nowhere seriousness, not solid, just like that's the duty of it. That's the, the purpose around. And I really appreciate that. It's so deep and and profound and uh, yeah we have to bring more people towards this this art it's kind of uh, a good uh, a good awakening as you say it's and i love that you say it's activist too it's yeah positioning into the I mean, I want people fun too don't get me yeah. wrong <laughs> yeah and to laugh and have delight and fun and and just have but we don't shy away from reflecting some of the other parts of humanity that might be like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, well, I better look at that. You know, I mean, well, while I'm here, I'll, I'll look at that as yeah. well. Um, because it, it just, we, we try to weave the story in our, so that organically, it's just, it's just pulled forth into the, yeah. from the conscious to the conscious. Yeah. I and mean, what better role would an artist fill to like, take the unconscious and bring it to the just I mean that's yeah that is very much why I'm here um, yeah I love it I think it's it's a great phrasing and we have approval Eric is there and he say that the, your empathy muscle is a great phrase and we have some questions but uh oh yeah Aileen ask uh your top three of your favorite puppetry companies that's kind of an interesting question oh uh, yeah well i mean i would have to say bread and puppet first because i haven't mentioned them yet and bread and puppet um not too far from you if you're yeah. up in Montreal, um they were the original inspiration um for me uh back in 1990 um when i first went um maybe 1989 19 and it was where I got my original sort of like epiphany that I was going to be a puppeteer for the rest uh -huh. of my life. Um, because I went there and I just saw that you were, there was a place there, there was an art form where you could do fine art, theater, dance, music, um, uh, writing, all the, all the things is what I call it now. You know, you could do all the things. <laughs> You could do all the things under one umbrella. Um, and Peter Schumann was, I mean, I call him my illegitimate grandfather, you know, so he was, he gave me the initial spark. And we were able to have a friendship um, develop over the years where the place where I used to live, we used to make, make chok churn and we would bring it to Peter Schumann and he, we would drink wine together. Um, and He's quite a brilliant man, and if you don't know Bread and Puppet, you should. If, if you're watching the put, Puppet podcast and you don't know about Bread and Puppet, then yeah, you need to kind of 
uh, do some work. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, aside from that, I mean, some of my favorite, um, I, you know, I've long loved and been, um, you know, friends with um, a lot of puppeteers around the world. Um, and I would say, hmm, um, <laughs> another one that comes to mind is Heart of the Beast in Minneapolis. Um, I know Minneapolis is going through a lot, so that's why another reason why I mentioned them. Um, there's still a lot of really intense upheaval happening there. Hmm. And um, some of the artists that I know that came out of there, that uh, one of them who now lives in England, his name is Andrew Kim. And he is um, an absolute fantastic puppeteer artist um, who does giant spectacle stuff now a lot as well. And um, he does the handmade parade over in uh, Northern England and Hebden Bridge. Um, so he came out of Heart of the Beast, which Heart of the Beast also sprang out of the um, the wide castings of seeds of inspiration from Bread and Puppet and Peter Schumann. So, um, and um, he, he runs a company called Thingamajig over there in England. And um, let's see, a third one would be, gosh, I don't know. Let's see. Uh, oh, I would say manual cinema. And um, I don't know if you've heard of manual cinema, but they do uh, beautiful shadow puppet experiences that are very cinematic. Um, do it all live with overhead projectors and um, live, you know, people just really um, doing cool tricks and holding different things in front of the, um, the overheads. And um, they're an incredible company to check out manual. Yeah. Yeah, I will for sure. And it's giving some new names for interview. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Thank you, Eileen. It, it was a great question because it's bring to the crush. I always go with this question when your crush for puppetry happened, but you almost name it with this bread and puppet moment. Yeah, that was it. That was it. It was a lifelong love affair that started when I was 19. And um, it basically, um, I literally walked onto the farm and there was giant puppets and masks and pageantry and shadows and live music and circuses. And it, it was such an incredible experience in my life um, that I just really never looked back from that moment because I had already been doing and practicing being a musician, being a theater improv artist. Uh, I have been practicing, you know, drawing, painting, um, and I didn't know how to focus any of that into a career mm -hmm. uh, because it was just, I was just interested in all of it. Um, and so when I, yeah, it was a true uh, epiphany um, to be, to arrive there and just be like, oh, the clouds. <laughs> up, and that was it. I never looked back. And so um, I don't even want to say how many years ago that was, but. <laughs> but that, that's amazing that's we have all a, a kind of a, a sparkle moment and i always like to to have it on the show yeah, and that, it, that was a big yeah <laughs> and my next question is about like in your opinion the best path to become a puppeteer 
the best be, to to like a training a study what mm. would be the best in your opinion so i would say that i'm i'm pretty unconventional in my approach i mean i'm not <laughs> quite self-taught um but i mostly did not go to school i went to um one year of art school um and it was after that that i saw i went to red and puppet in the summer and i never went back after that because i i realized i guess i realized i was either going to make art that people liked or i wasn't it wasn't going to matter whether i had a degree in art i guess is what mm. i figured um wow it, so I, I decided not to go with a degree. Um, I just decided to go with a practice that, that, but it took a lot of, um, it took a lot of work to self-discipline because I, I didn't have that sort of naturally. So the only way I found to work my way around not having a lot of my own self-discipline was to create deadlines um, for myself. Mm -hmm. Like there will be a show on August 5th, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it will start then. And I did not want to show up to that looking like a fool or <sighs> just like with my pants around my ankles, like, I don't know what's going on. So I would work really hard to make that show the best thing that I could make it. So I continue with that model. It's like, it's a weird unorthodox deadline model where it's like <laughs> the show is coming. <laughs> so I either, you know, I have to do the work. Like yeah. I, can't, I can't just, um, you know, just hope that today I'll get inspired to go wander over to my studio and build something. It's like I'm over there working and doing the thing because it's coming, and it that evolved into a thing where we had interns. We have we have like between six and eight interns every year who work with us throughout the summer. We have four or five studio artists who work with us, um, Jan and I, um, and this, so each day there's, you know, between 12 and 16 people in the studio, all building and Jan and I are going around and making sure that everything is going in the direction that we want it and teaching and working and building. It's very intense process yeah. because it, it's all happening in the summer heat and there's no air conditioning and, um, <laughs> But we, um, our own process evolved. But the, back to the question is that after, you know, I, I quit art, art school. Um, it really is, if you're, if you're going to decide not to have any kind of formal training, which is only a few places that you can get formal puppetry training. Mm -hmm. One of them, my friend John Bell teaches at the University of Connecticut. Um, and, um, you know, there's the one in France that Basil Twist went to, you know, the fancy yeah. French puppetry school, um, yeah. whatever. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, Charleville Maisière. Yes, that one. Yes. <laughs> and I, um, I just didn't go that path because I, I just decided to rely on my own fire to just... Uh, keep pushing the projects forward. And mm -hmm. then I fell back on this deadline system. And yeah. so I don't have any advice that's like probably 
um, except for if you're going to decide not to do schooling, um, you just have to dig in and have very serious determination uh, to yeah. just keep going, even though you, um, and you have to figure out ways to keep money flowing in. Uh, so you have to be, you have to be an entrepreneur, which was a totally unexpected piece for me. That's I had true. to figure it out. Um, because it wasn't my first inclination at all. My inclination was to be, a, you know, a puppeteer. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's you have a lot of the entrepreneur mind for sure. It's tricky. Um, I find that it's good to figure out how to, when you can, to pay other people. You have to know when to how to get good help around you. You know, yeah. to take care of some of the things that you. Uh, you have to play to your strengths and your pat play to your passions and avoid falling down into pit pitfalls that are things that you're not good at and that you will basically take you away from the work that you're trying to do. Um, so it was a very organic evolution. Yeah. It's very, it's sort of hard to describe. Um, I don't have any kind of um, recommendations there except work really hard. Yeah. Pouring your heart into it. Um, keep that's it real. a great recommendation <laughs> thank you um, yeah hey um uh, leah will you bring me the cord <laughs> i could go with my next question yeah sure yeah the next one is what is your own definition of a puppet like if someone asks you what is a puppet do you have your statement <laughs> um just a second <laughs> Okay. Hey, will someone bring me the cord from over there? My battery's gonna die. Yeah, the the, the phone, the, the video streaming takes a lot of battery. Yeah. <laughs> um. What is a puppet? Um. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, there's a lot of academic um answers that I would say. Hello. I, I, I have certainly um. <laughs> That's my daughter. Yeah, uh, she's a big Cirque du Soleil fan. Um, <laughs> cool. She's also a big fan of, of mine. <laughs> Whatever. Um, uh, there's there's so many different um, ways that academic um, the academic world has you know sort of laid out different um, definitions of what yeah. is. Um, for me, it's any it's anything that I can make come to life um, through my intentions and through my good attention. Um, so it, it really can be anything, you know, because you can make a pillow or a couple of potatoes stuck with forks or, um, you know, you could a chair. There, there's just really anything can yeah. be made to live if you study how and figure out how to do it or you you sort of pour your intention your emotion into it um so intention and attention are the things that i feel like are the things that that really do spark life in um in any object that wants to become a puppet yeah but it's just um i love making faces and i love drawing faces and hands and i'm, I'm really drawn to how um hands express um, so many, so many things w um, with their 
and and so I, I, I like to sculpt. Uh, I like to just find form. And then once I find these forms and I mash them into place and I get them wrapped in paper mache or whatever I do, mm-hmm. I, I, I like to see how I can move them on the end of a pole. And, and, and then I just experiment and play. That's my process. And and, and so yeah. I feel like puppetry is playfulness and it's, it's finding our, our emotions um, uh, and our thoughts and our, all of our human experience. I totally. Finding it in, in, in anything that you choose to sort of project your, um, I guess, life force and yeah. do. So, I, I mean, I, I really am pretty open to whatever people define puppets as, you know, I mean, I, I know what I define it as because I have sort of like a, a mechanism that has come into place mm-hmm. for the type of puppets that I build. Um, but a shadow puppet, again, has like a very different um, way of entering our consciousness than a giant puppet, for example. Yeah. Uh, but and it's just little cut paper and it's on an overhead projector. And the thing that might actually get into someone's mind or heart might be the way that I'm crossfading between two projectors and they see a gray, um, a grayed um image disappearing while another image comes forward um it may not be the actual puppet itself but it might it mm-hmm. might be any combination of factors and elements that 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 spark something inside of people yeah. and um so it's pretty wide open definition yeah but i love the intention you bring intention attention you put this into the puppet it's really a good wording. I think it's the first time someone wording word it like this. It's it's great. Thank you. I, I mean, when I when I'm on stage with a giant puppet, see all, all the there's no there's no hiding. You know, mm-hmm. um, you'll see in the if you see any of our videos, the puppeteers are just holding bamboo poles. And what I find is that with the level of suspension of disbelief that I was talking about earlier, that yeah when people see the puppeteers there, it's like, it doesn't bother them in the slightest. They're not like, Oh, I can see the guy right there. <laughs> it's like, they're like, they, they follow my attention straight up to the puppet and yeah. how I'm focused completely on what I'm holding and how the head is moving. And, you know, if it has a rope to pull the head around, I, yeah, I'm, I'm the hyper- presence. Yeah. I'm in the present moment with it completely. That's my job when I walk on stage with a puppet is to be so completely present with it that my presence is not noticed. Um, Mm. Only my people just follow my attention in a very quick flow, right from looking at me up to seeing the puppet. Uh Um, And it only reinforces and adds to, uh, it doesn't take away. Like I'm I'm not a very Heidi puppeteer who's, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I don't I don't do much of that. Uh-huh. Uh I like to see the people right out there because there's something about the human endeavor yeah. of puppetry um that allows um even more of a connection to it because um you're able to read all of that presence and mm-hmm. also read the emotion that's being translated through the music and through the movement. Um so yeah, I like I just love to play in that world. That's all. That's what puppetry is. It's like finding how to play 
and work and play. I kind of consider those the same in many ways, you know, yeah. to work and play in that, in that realm of, um, that's great. That's great. I, I want to know if you believe our art is in an ascension or it's getting less popular. Well, I mean, there's, there's no doubt we've been in a total renaissance of puppetry for the past 10 years or so of like up, up, up with the advent of Lion King and mm -hmm. all the other really big, well-known spectacle puppetry things, you know, puppets at the Super Bowl, puppets at the Olympics, puppets yeah. in the, like so many movies. Uh, and um, it's just, it's just really, it's experienced a huge renaissance and it's become, it's gotten back on people's radar from a time in America, North America, US, where everyone had it pigeonholed into, it just had to be the Muppets or something like Howdy Doody or this group of puppets that was sort of more kiddie, you know, leaning. So that's why it's just about everyone that you come into contact with in the US still is being educated that puppets mm -hmm. don't mean like kiddie theater, you know, like um, that it means theater with moving art um, and dancing and music. And it's this synergized uh, art space and that has all of this unexpected power like that I was speaking yeah. of before. And um, I would say that our audiences have grown right along with more people becoming, I guess, educated to yeah. um, the power that is is in there. Um, and so whether it's, it's hard to know what COVID will do to all of us. Yeah, that's kind of bring the next question about in 10 years, where you see the puppetry art. <laughs> Oh man, that's a hard question. That's that's almost the end. <laughs> well, I've got you know I've got visions of of us continuing to just be on the trajectory that we've already been on for the past twenty years, which was to refine, enhance our craft as artists, hmm. um, to be able to tell stories that transform people. Um, you know, and awaken people to um, from any sleeping state that they may have been in to like to mm. go home and start conversations that um, have been needing to be started for so long that we put off. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I want to continue on that trajectory. Um, I have to, I feel there's some work I can do online with shadow puppets and other things. Uh, we've got, we've got previous shows that we're releasing um, sometimes we just segment out only the shadow puppets or little scenes that work as little shining moments, I call them, you know, where they're just yeah. some beautiful little interaction that just works yeah. uh, with the music and everything. But when it comes to what's happening in the next 10 years, I, I mean, I could have never guessed what 2020 would be for yeah. me 
or any of us. Uh, it's been quite uh, quite the year so far. Um, and of course, in the U.S., where we are, um, um, and I'm in the I'm in the South, which is also very racially charged place. Um, uh, I live in a county that is the birthplace of the KKK. Um, mm. And it's like where it actually originated. And, and, and so there's so much to face there and so mm. much to face with COVID and the disparities between wealth, the wealth disparities are so mm -hmm. huge. Um, yeah. But we will focus on positivity. Yeah, I will but, bring. <laughs> so there's no shortage of, of material. I don't necessarily want to like dwell on all of that. But again, I'm in this place that I find that some of, maybe some other artists can relate. Yeah. Uh, just not knowing exactly what it is I'm going to bring to the conversation as we as we move forward, as we start yeah. to crest, whenever we do crest, because we're still, um, you know, There's, there's a lot of work to be done. And I, and so I don't ever want to shy away from our art to be very engaged with all that artivism, activism. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I, I want to bring people joy and expansive, uh, radiant feelings of, yes. you know, connection. Um, but I, um, there's, a, there's a lot of terrain to traverse. <laughs> Um, I get you totally. I think I, I really you, don't know what's next. Actually, <laughs> let's um, bring some picture of your work. Oh, sure. And and you could tell me the the big purpose for the future. If we we just push this situation, like just from the being, like from the inside. Let's bring this. So everyone, you have to watch this. This is amazing. I will put first the just the Google. If you Google. Yeah like paper hand look at those amazing puppets so it's kind of like that's why hey, my next question is the, um, the the your big purpose for the future i know you you told your your duty as an artist but maybe you have something in in mind about like something you want to do for the future like a, a specific play or like if we dream it's yeah this is the the question and i will bring the other after mm. the, um, the 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 video so maybe you can answer to to this yeah i mean we're still we're still as committed to um as when we started and even if we, that's only deepened our commitment to um to shifting what we accept as normal um mm -hmm. just deeply disadvantages and hurts the earth and people, mm -hmm. um, people of color, um, it, it, it's, it's just not okay with me to like yeah. accept that tacitly as like normal, um, because of the violence that it does. Um, and, it, and the, and the, the shrinking of our, of the opportunity for us to actually survive here, um, to survive ourselves as human beings. Um, and so I, for some reason, for some foolish reason, I continue to have hope that humanity is worth fighting for and worth mm -hmm. trying to see the amazing things that we can do 
how we can spend our time here rather than tearing each other apart and tearing each other down, but to, you know, build what we can build. So I'm all, I've always been an optimist in that way. Um, you know, I, I sometimes have my moments of doubt when I, you know, when I witness so much ridiculous and horrible behavior, um, and, and such, such, uh, entitlement and such ignorance and such, uh, mm. uh, just complete lack of humility, um, in the, um, yeah, there's so many difficult, uh, things. So I, um, <clears throat> I try to keep coming back to my, what my job is, what my role is as an artist and it's mm -hmm. to, um, and, and that is to, um, again, bring the unconscious to the conscious, to bring the sleeping to the awake, to bring, um, the, to bring the light in the darkness. It's to, it, it, to sing out in a time of silence. Um, that's the role of the artist. And um, uh, this is the archetype that I've somehow found myself <laughs> squarely placed in. And um, there's no turning back. So for me, the next 10 years is only about deepening that and um, deepening my own practice with art so that um, whatever I am putting in front of people um, will just, yeah, it'll just be continue to be my strongest, most, you know, raw, loving, intent bent on healing and bent on equity and justice it'll be all of those things yeah. um, trying to deepen and to um continue to lift up voices that are sometimes not heard oftentimes not heard um continue yeah. to create collaborations with um you know people of color indigenous people so many different groups that i want to continue to um engage with yeah um, that more of those stories are being told and it increases our survivability to be more diverse and uh, because there's nothing stronger than a in nature than a, a very diverse and an ecosystem yeah uh, we're we're working you know in that direction um yeah, I don't really know. I mean, I, it, I, it's so great. I think it's a, like the mission also is still there. And as you said, it's kind of a statement. I think I, I could quote you on this. It's kind of like the role of the artist. It's really something we need to name it. And just that's value. That's a lot of value for humanity. And, and it's kind of like we need to promote this duty and this I want to to conclude because I know you you are in the big forest and you have like no puppet there. <laughs> but I did. I wish I was at my studio for you. I could show you around and I could put things on. I just uh, the way that the interview worked out. I'm here in the mountains. <laughs> but uh, people want to check out our work. We we are we do have a pretty strong, uh, you know, sort of uh, presence online. Yeah. Uh, Vimeo and YouTube. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Vimeo channel. Um, you can Google us. We are, our work is everywhere if you're interested in yes. uh, finding out more. I would we just put a little part of your video at the big, like the one 
you told me. It's a little documentary. I will just put the beginning so you will see all the motion of those beautiful beasts who walk around. Beautiful beast, that was one of our shows. <laughs> it's so beautiful. I think everyone hear the sound. Yeah, this Loves our work. That's so giant. A giant snail. We did a show all about insects. Wow. I put also the dot the, the org on the chat, people, if you are curious. Just have a look. Puppetry is is everything. Puppetry is everything. There was my answer. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, so I, I go have a look on, on this video for sure. I will remove it of the screen because our humanity back to us. it's so a lot of humanity, as you, you, you said in, in this. It's a lot of humanity in your work. I really want to acknowledge that. It's so beautiful and full of giant stuff. It's kind of like put us into perspective, but humanity into perspective of giant. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much, Caroline. Thank you for being part of the show. And and yeah, thank you, everyone. I, we have some comment like, People approve, approve what you said. Like we have Deborah who said incredible work and Eric also really future is full of mystery is, a, is approving whatever is there. You inspire people. So I will say like, yeah, keep, keep your time resource and let's go back and we will fight. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Keep up. The, keep fighting the good fight. Yes. Uh, more of your work too i hope that uh you get a chance to you know show yourself your puppetry self um again we definitely yeah. enjoyed watching uh what you did and some you know and axel and other things yes thank you we we wish the best for the future so stay there donovan i will say the last thing by myself on the screen and we will chat after for the interview so everyone Thank you very much for watching. Feel free to comment, share, like, uh, post. It will be on YouTube in few, like in two weeks almost. And yeah, we will share from there. And look at all this beautiful network we create. Keep in touch with puppetry, with hope, and see you soon for our next episode. Bye everyone. Good night. Learn how to get your first 1,000 YouTube subscribers. Join our Patreon page now. Link in the description.